0: Hey y'all, Ergo here. It's Kiss, how you doing? Uh, we got kind of a funky one this week, logistically. A great conversation with the wonderful Paige May. Basically, we're talking at the Post-Ladness Studio. Uh, we ran out of time there, and we just had some more things that we really wanted to talk about. Um, so we went back to Ergo Studio B, aka my house, and talked for a little while longer. So you'll hear... Maybe I'll put a song in the middle or something, and then it'll jump in the audio. will sound a little bit different, but the conversation continues. Shout out to Paige for being willing to, you know, go just talk about so many different things. It was a wonderful conversation with her. Now you know the deal. Enjoy our conversation with Paige. Follow us on everything at Ergo Radio, A-I-R-G-O Radio. Bring us to your college. Give us your money through donations at PayPal or Patreon on the website Share an episode you love with three friends. That's all I got for you. Here's Paige. You're listening to Ergo, showcasing strong young voices from Chicago and beyond.
1: What up, world? What's up, hey? Hello, how you doing? Oh, man, it's it, it, it's happening. It's it just like that. It it's on. really, really happening. Super excited. I am Damon. I'm Kiss. Sometimes I record Ergo in my dreams, guys. This
0: is uh, this is real life. This yeah, is very yeah. Special. We, are,
1: we are here alive. I hope you're doing all right. I hope, I hope it's a good day for you. If not, you know, it will maybe get better. Tweet us how you're doing <laughs> at Ergo Radio. <laughs> if you don't know what we do here, we're getting thing? more
0: awkward. <laughs>
1: all right let's go
0: we showcase strong invoices from chicago and beyond each week a different live long-form interview with an artist organizer creator musician rapper person reshaping the culture of the city and the country for the more equitable and the more creative
1: um that's the elevator pitch. I hope you for like sure, it. For sure. No announcements. Let's get right through it. Follow okay. us on Twitter. It's cool. all on the internet anyway. <laughs> we have a very... <laughs> <laughs> if you hear this, you have the access. Do your whole homework.
0: We'll, we'll tweet our announcements. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, let's I, get into it, it.
1: We got to do some real tweets. Let's, all
0: right. We have a it. very, very special guest here in the post loudness ergo
1: studio what's up what's up what's up um you want to this is, seems like a you intro this is a me oh man this is like one of my favorite people actually uh technically an ergo return e mm. a former co-host uh <laughs> in in quite a time um an amazing organizer teacher uh and just general joy to rooms Paige may is uh, here in the building oh <laughs> <laughs> a hawk? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's a that new might one. That be the best in <laughs> We, <laughs> bro- yep, we yep, broke yep. out
0: the wildlife drops for you this time. Uh, how are you feeling today? How's the world treating you? How are you treating the world?
2: I'm alright. Um, I'm a little sick, oh, a little no, tired, no, no, but no. it's all good. Wow, that's Children made me sick, so if I'm gonna be sick, might as well be because of kids.
0: <laughs> you think they did it on purpose?
2: I think, well, this gets to philosophical questions around intention (laughs) versus, I don't know. We're getting right into it
0: here. Yeah, happy happy new school year.
2: Thank you very much.
0: How is it feeling being back in the classroom?
2: Um, it feels good, yeah. Uh, it's my second year in a more traditional classroom setting mm-hmm. compared to my usual work with young folks, uh, and I really like it, yeah. I feel like I'm getting my grounding. Where, where are you teaching?
1: Some... What what do you teach?
2: And we'll ah, give you at
1: some
0: point like a real intro for all the things you do. If uh, it, people it's know, really okay. I know no,
2: no. those things I like sometimes are sounds. too much.
1: This next comedian. Let's ease into it. <laughs> where, what do you
2: where teach? I teach organizing for social change for middle school students at a school called Village Leadership Academy. And uh, yeah, so it's like you have oh, gym class, cool. you have art class, sure. you have specials, right? And I am another special in addition to art and PE. I teach you how to organize. So we study things like the civil rights movement, but like this week we're learning how to plan a boycott as we use the Montgomery bus boycott as an example.
0: Wow. Um, that is very different from my middle school experience. <laughs> Mine too. I was uh, struggling through math class. <laughs> yeah, that might be know. a They, they probably
2: are as well. Yeah. <laughs> not
1: in my room, yeah. How, so Both before things. you get into like, how much what you pour into the kids what do you learn from that right like were did you were you prepared before this job to teach like social justice organizing to young people because you have to then learn a lot of stories. You have to learn a lot of details about mm-hmm. the boycotts, right? Right, to be able right. To internalize and, and figure, figure out how to people. articulate it,
2: yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I learn a lot through the planning of the curriculum, for sure. And not every day I'm as prepared as I need to be. <laughs> and, and so uh, you learn a lot about how to... I can, I've, I've always been pretty good at holding like eight thoughts all at once. Mm-hmm. And so you have to usually be like holding all eight at once and talking. So... um. It works. I've been working with young people since I was 15. Uh, I've learned a lot more. yeah, exactly. Young. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've a bit of experience doing this. Um and I've been studying these things pretty intensely for a minute now. For but sure. yeah, definitely every week is hours and hours. Well, can of you can, can
1: you give me one thing that's like, oh damn, like that was that was dope. I can't I can't believe I'm giving this, getting this, and now I can share it with the kids. Or it's all kind
2: of like Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean that's weird. like every day, but uh I mean, like last week, I'm trying to think of a thing that happened. Um, there was a really cool moment where we, so we did this activity I've done a bunch of times called Raining Rocks, where mm-hmm. you, you pretend you're uh, living in a vill- little village and there's a millionaire throwing rocks down top of the village to try <laughs> to get you to clear out so he can build his golf course. And so you role play sort of the people that want to, that are the mm-hmm. millionaires. You role play the people that want to stay and take care of everyone who's sick and injured, representing sort of social service work. And then you have the people that want to go up the mountain and confront him. And that represents direct action organizing. And so to see them go through... To to reach that conclusion of that Mm -hmm. moment of realization where it's like, dang, like we we don't want to go up the mountain. What are we going to be able to do if we go up the mountain? You know, like it's just us. He's a millionaire, but we got to if we want to stop these rocks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's got gravity. He's got raw. He's got everything, right? Uh, And to talk through that and see them go through that was really beautiful.
0: One of the things that I could imagine being really cool about being in that position is there's all this stuff that you learn the hard way, basically. Mm -hmm. That now you whether they whether it like sticks with them now or not they're just getting access to this information and this knowledge that yeah. beyond like the specifics of the content but like literally you just bring a, a knowledge of experience in addition to the theory into the classroom
3: yeah
0: uh like, what are you seeing as like exciting potential Let's say just like with the kids in your class, like what are what are the dots that they're connecting that you don't think you necessarily could have connected at that age or at that point? Right. I don't even necessarily mean because they're young. I just mean because of the experience.
2: Right, exactly. I mean, I think there's two things. One, and this this is true for every person, you know, um, is, is that I think one of the greatest challenges that we have is uh, is this sort of. Solid idea of what is normal, and thus mm-hmm. what is possible, and what mm-hmm. is natural, and uh, and so to work with young people who are sort of at a point where they still question, uh, questioning why is still their normal, and to be mm-hmm. able to have an answer other than just like because I said so, or because that's Cause how, that's how always, it is, yeah. or because dot dot dot. No, right? I hated
0: that mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. That was like mm-hmm. the because that's just how it is. I like. If you want to see eleven-year-old me screaming, that's (laughs) that's the one. So inadequate. yeah. Yeah. So so you're back in school with the with the new year. What'd you do with your summer vacation, Paige?
2: I worked. I had to not have the summer off. Um, so I re- was working. It was actually really interesting. It was my first time working with little kids since I was 15. Uh, so uh, mostly kindergarten through third grade. Oh. And so I w- they have a summer camp in the summer. And so I was working that teaching history. Mm. It was very odd. I don't know how to teach kindergartners <laughs> Chicago history. But they know that it used to be called a plant that was stinky. And they know about DuSable. And, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's good, a, a good starting point.
1: You, yeah. So... I mean, I see teaching, I see youth development being like um, like lifelong passions for you. I, f- I feel like that will never not be a part of what mm-hmm. you do, even if it's not in the classroom. Do you see being in an elementary school or a middle school setting as something you're doing long term? Do you see your education go into more formal spaces, like, you know, more traditional, like, academia, mm-hmm. you know, college-type stuff, or... Or do you see, going like, breaking out of that? Because, you know, we're going to get to all that you are, all that you do, but you're also, like, yeah. about the street action, right? And, so, right? and so there's a lot. Where do you see it? Where do you see it
3: for right
2: now? I have no idea. I'm a Sagittarius, and I have always I, have okay. a plan. I don't, even, I don't know what that means. Yo, people people always I always that? have a plan. Arrow, okay. right? So arrow. Okay. I'm not the kind of person where I get mad if I don't meet my end goal, as long as it's because I realized I wanted to. Like I, I follow through, but I, I have I have to have a sense of like I'm going over right. there direction All right, right? Uh, and for the past. Like two three years, I haven't really had that, and it's really it's very hard. It's it's very jarring for me. Mm. Um, yeah, I really love working with with young people. That I've and, and my grandmother, she had used. To, I grew up um, going to her her daycare when I was little, um, and uh, I was very I'm very close to my grandma. Or I was very close when I lived in Vermont, and so I've always been around kids, mm-hmm. and I've seen lots of like I've seen the imp- the ways that through working with children you can challenge the status quo. And I saw that with you know my black grandma taking care of mostly white kids um, mm-hmm. just from taking care of them in her house. And so I don't think it has to happen in a traditional setting. And I, I think that I talk about more radical and and, and co- complicated understandings of power in the mm-hmm. world around us with fourth graders every day than I did when I was in college. So I don't feel a need to like have that kind of elitism to do – deep, important work. Uh, So I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, That's what's up. I I don't know what I'm doing with my life. (laughs) Sorry, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Mom listening to the podcast. (laughs) Mom has to
1: be like, she's good, though. She's proud.
2: They worry, but... They do that. Yeah, yeah. I think they trust me.
0: Right. So that's... But then that's a process. I mean, this whole thing, what you're describing, that feeling of, like, obviously not having...
1: Hey, man, what's up? that feeling of, like, (laughs) not having all the pieces (laughs) figured
0: out. But also the learning to become comfortable in that like instability is something I think about a lot just because like, I don't know, there've been a lot of points at least for me where there was a choice I could have made that was a more like stable choice. And there were maybe whether it was individuals or just like overall starts being like, Oh, you know, that's what, that's what you do. That's what you Mm -hmm. do. And then you keep making the choice to do something else. Uh, does that get ty- it gets tiring for me i could imagine that getting tiring for you basically to keep saying like no this seems right i'm going to keep following this path even if i don't know what it leads to
2: it it um does it get tiring uh it's a, it's an interesting dynamic right cuz number one i think it helps me it helped me get through that angst of like mm college and when you leave high school and you leave college and you're like the world is full of possibilities and I don't know which ones and and what am I now I have all this debt right and my dad's voice in my mind of just being like just follow your interest just follow your interest like it grounded me in a lot of ways and I think it helped me get through really hard moments at the same time yeah like I'm now I'm getting closer to 30 and I'm like there's like this weird mushroom growing out of the ceiling of my house and I'm like that can't be good for my health like I should probably find a better apartment and like so things like that where I'm like uh, I
1: have a giant hole in my
0: ceiling. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. So
2: there is a big hole, that, but it's in the hallway. Technically, not in my apartment. Just two inches outside. So I'm like, that's good.
0: I wonder if you could use mushroom. her mushroom to plug the hole. in <laughs> You know,
2: thing. I'll oh. share it if more sprout. If I got y'all you. How
0: big the hole <laughs> you first <laughs> told me about this hole in your ceiling, like when i first it moved has got nothing but worse
1: oh okay. good <laughs> nothing but worse <laughs> there's, there's nothing has gotten better that's for sure yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh well you didn't think of mushroom we gotta keep thinking outside this is a us. metaphor though like oh we gotta like, pull
1: back like no but like Paige may has like a, a mushroom growing out of her ceiling david has a it's whole kinda in cool. his. it's kind of like where we are as you like know? society you right? know like we're doing all this right, shit, right. Like and at the same time our, our houses are sometimes house house,
0: right. Right. Yeah, houses, at the same house time house we're house spending house. all this something about housing and like how do we keep literally like how do we live
1: how, or how, how do yeah. we take care so yeah, yeah how how let's let's go care. into that because i think you know that's what this year or this summer is has been trying to teach me the most mm-hmm. what you did with your summer vacation <laughs> <laughs> it is how as people whose like main focus are about the well-being of people mm-hmm. right in the collective sense how do we take care of the person, right? Mm-hmm. Doing that. Um, and, and where are you in that struggle? Uh, you know, we kind of always have like the topical surface level, like what are your self care habits? And like more mm-hmm. beyond that, um, because like, okay, some people eat pizza, some people do yoga. Right. But besides that, like being in some tune, people eat pizza while doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being in tune with like being healthy and that. sustaining yourself while mm-hmm. n- being so like the point of privilege to be so fucking aware of like everything is burning, right? right. And you have, you feel the obligation right. to, Put out these fires. Mm.
2: I, I always I'm I'm wary of this question because I do not offer it as advice. I don't think no, that no, I no. have like any don't, re- don't. yeah.
3: Where are you? Uh,
2: where Where am I at? I mean, I'm in a better place than I've been in a long time, mm. um, and I th- I think. That comes from a, a several things. One is that I get to, that I get paid to work with children and have deep relationships with them. You know, I, the, my last job, I would wo- I would technically be in high schools all day, but it was a different high school. You know, mm-hmm. every time, and, and I would see different groups of students every forty five minutes. So having just deep relationships with people um, in my day to day, right? Whether through work, whether through you know the organizing I do with Asada's daughters, and I and I feel like I finally have kind of found like home here mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And like there, there's just a lot of really important people in my life now that. Just make me feel like uh, I can trust what I've built in a way mm-hmm. that I've— I don't know if I've ever had that outside of, like, Vermont home. Yeah. Uh, like, it, my house home and my mm-hmm. family home. Right, right, right. Um, so to feel belonging is, like— That's important. That's beautiful. Pretty, like— that's powerful. Yeah, right? Yeah. I
3: don't—yeah, that, that's, that's,
2: <laughs> that's enough. Like, yeah. I, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, How long have you been here? I just started my—I'm in now— I six years. Six years and like mm. ten days. Mm.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm very like transparent about being a transplant. It's like one yeah. of my favorite things to like drive home. Like, guys, I'm not from here. I'm okay with that. It informs how I see all this. Um, for you having spent all those years here and building that community here, uh and, and, and getting to a point where it feels established in that way, uh, are there pieces that still not that you don't understand them, but like where does it still come up in your life? Where does it still feel like oh, this is my adopted home.
2: Hmm. I mean, all the time. I think part of my ability to, act, to feel comfortable here is embracing that I just don't understand and can't, right? Mm-hmm. Part of it is just, like, getting, like, feeling that on every level. But also, like, that's how I felt in Vermont. Like, right. so it's, it's. It, I don't know, I just, like, am comfortable. I, I think that, that that feeling of, like, both double consciousness, constant not knowing exactly what the rules are or how, like that's uh, once i r- realized how common that is is like right. particularly a black experience mm-hmm. right like that it just made me be like okay so fuck it like ooh, fu- mm-hmm. microphone's freaking out um mm-hmm. and i think that helped uh wait question is like what, what do where, I still where does it in? yeah where does it
0: show up where it still um, feels like oh i'm not from here
2: I mean, every time someone asks me for directions, like there's very literal (laughs) things. Like I just don't know where I am half the time still. Um, I think, again, I do work a lot with young people. And so a lot of their experiences. So uh, we talk about 12 a lot. That comes up a lot as like an age and the police. And 12 is really when you start getting targeted and you see that as sort of this common number that comes up Mm. over and over and over again. Uh, And I, you know, when I was 12, I would go walk barefoot down my dirt road and find deer and walk my dogs without you know just, just mm-hmm. totally different right and catch frogs and um and yeah so that that that's just different uh and where how else do i struggle well uh,
0: let's, let's jump back to vermont yeah because uh, i just i haven't heard you talk a ton about kind of going back from that point of entry into Chicago. Where in Vermont are you from? What are right. kind of-
1: I have like no imagination. Well, I guess I do have an imagination, <laughs> like kind of like trees, I guess. Trees and white people is
2: kind of right. like- Yeah, there's trees, much, not a lot of people, but they're, they're white. You're right about that. <laughs> that's, yeah.
0: that's the single off my mixtape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trees and white people. <laughs> coming, coming that should me, be uh, the title yeah. track. That should be the mixtape. Yeah. No, that's what it's called. <laughs> it's just me with a maple syrup mug. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, to that point, like what are, I always ask it this way, like what are some sites and sounds and personal landmarks of where you grew up.
2: Yeah. So I was really, okay, so I'm from, I think, to this day, the most beautiful place I've ever been, and I've been lucky to to see a lot of cool places. Um, So I grew up in a a village. Um, It's called Jeffersonville, and it's pretty small. I don't think there's more than 1,000 people that live in it. Uh, But it's surrounded by a town, so it feels bigger because you have Mm -hmm. that, and the town around it is pretty wealthy. So I went to a really good elementary school for that area. Um, I went to the worst high school in Vermont, but that's, like, that so it, at the time it was like oh this is a horrible school like even the military up to a certain point will will, will stop recognizing your degree from it but it's like w- so much better than almost every high school I saw yeah. when I used to go to high schools all the time as yeah. far as like the resources right. it's given right the, um, the high yeah career. exactly right yeah. So, yeah the high schools that I saw when I moved to Chicago and was going to lots of CPS schools as far as like the resources that are right. given as far as the respect shown to students mm-hmm. right well and that varies you know place by place but um and so I had uh, that, that. So I, I had like a school that, and a and a town that it was so rare to have black people. You didn't have the same kind of traps for blackness mm-hmm. because they didn't need to worry about building an infrastructure yeah. of anti-blackness because right. it was so rare. Um, and that that's that's just a different way of experiencing it in a lot of ways. You know, I remember I used to like catch my reflection and be surprised I wasn't blonde and be like, oh right. Uh, <laughs> and I was really lucky because I had there was this girl when I was in. Um, first grade, I think, maybe second. There was this I didn't really have a lot I didn't really connect with many people mm-hmm. and I was talking there was an adult that I really liked and I was talking to her and there was this other black girl um at on the playground and I was like I want to be her friend. She's like, "Oh, well, you should. That well, that's so amazing because her best friend is about to move to another city or mm-hmm. another state." Um so she went over and she introduced me and that became like the way I survived, Johanna mm. Briscoe. Um, shout to her. Yeah, man. yeah. Like I, I don't know. My brothers didn't have that. They didn't have another like, you know, coming for. She, you know, she had a white mom and a black. Shout dad. out to Jordan as well. Shout, shout out to Jordan. Shout, shout out, out to Miles. We got to Miles.
1: Um, gotta send this to all. Yeah,
2: people, we were all pretty isolated. It's a very like lone. It's an extremely lonely place mm. um, for black people in my family. I don't know how to even explain it, but um, it's funny. I've been. I don't know how... I don't like to talk about my family too much in the media, but I've been watching this show called Shameless. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been fucking with me. There's, yeah. Uh, but anyways, I, I, have, no, I, I mean? have a lot Think of white... It, I yeah. mean...
0: As much as you feel comfortable. Yeah, of course.
2: There, There's a lot... I just had a It was just weird. Like, I know poor white people pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was more my life. Uh, and so there's things on that show that I'm like, oh, I never thought about how like... I, I just like some, it's reminding me of a lot of things that I've forgotten mm-hmm. um, that have happened. Uh, so Vermont is weird because it's it's so rural that things are just more hidden, I yeah. guess. And so you don't necessarily have the same, and I don't mean to romanticize like what happens in a city or anywhere else in any other, yeah, any other place. Vermont is, just, it, what's different about Vermont is that it, 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 the it one of the things that's harder um, is that you don't always have the same sense of like, uh, the infrastructure mm-hmm. of the ism, right? Or the sense of like c- communal struggle right. because you're literally, there's no one else around for miles. Or it's literally, there's whole roads that are nothing but this is the mom's house, that's the sister, that's the other sister, right. that's the hurricane. Like it's just right. the same family so along the way. So
0: it gets still framed in like this personal Yeah, like
2: in a geographic way that right. I think is, you, you know, mm-hmm. Chicago, f- uses its geography to make to to force segregation and to force all of these things. right if you can and even vermont, if you're not looking for it like, you still see exactly. it. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um and you can avoid it for sure right yeah. uh but vermont is just it's just hides things in a way that it I, I i it wasn't until i moved here and i was like oh other people have the same stuff too that's weird right?
1: so so you're, you're talking about the move you also mentioned asada's daughters and i really mm-hmm. want to get into like the genesis and the maturation mm-hmm. of, of what y'all are doing uh, but i want to like stick in this moment of like the transition or the contrast between Vermont and Chicago. Because my understanding from just talking to you, um, like environmental justice was kind of like your entry into organizing. Mm -hmm. um, And that was kind of your focus as you came to Chicago. Um, And you were coming from this, in a lot of ways, like white only space to like such an explicitly racialized Mm -hmm. place Mm -hmm. um, that has obviously transformed your politics. So I just want to kind of go back into that moment of like you come here from the rural place or so the environment is kind of your focus yeah. and as like the environment is changed and much more like mm-hmm. man-made how did that like how did you get into those man-made kind of issues mm-hmm. even though i guess the environmental problems are yeah super man-made too i don't want to get in trouble <laughs> right but and it's you all, get, you the get same. what yeah. you're
2: saying yeah yeah so <laughs> so in between there is college um mm. so i right so it, vermont definitely privileges environmental work that's very like Cause we want to keep our trees. skin. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, is well, so a lot of tourists come. Uh, so I grew up. I used to work at this uh, this grocery store, and I would have tourists come in and yell at me because the leaves weren't. Cool. Yeah, and I'm like, that's why you shouldn't drive your SUV. Like, that's what's happening. Like. Hurry up yeah. with the foliage. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So the, you know, getting oh, yelled at for brutal. things like that. I hate. I really hate tourists. Um, forever and always, they would like stop on the road <laughs> and take photos of us. Uh, anyways, um, that'll
0: but, be good with the anecdote I have for right after this. Okay, I, perfect. This yeah. yeah.
2: So, um, so I had, but I grew up having knowing what fresh air smells like and tastes like. Mm. Knowing just like just. To ha- knowing that it was special because mm. people were always coming to see it and love. And I l- lucky to have like a grandfather that when I was 12, he forced us to go to conservation and hunting camp. And like every summer would take us fishing and like get a camp off of a lake. And um, I, I just grew up really lucky. Uh, for, it's actually rare for Vermonters to know how to ski. It's rare for Vermonters to get to go hiking. Those are pretty like privileged activities. Yeah. Uh, and I had a grandpa, a white grandfather who it mattered a lot to him. And he made sure his grandchildren had access to it. Um, and I had a school that if you got good, Grades, uh, you got free lessons and rentals. So I mm-hmm. grew up skiing in the winter and then like fishing and stuff in the summers with my grandpa. So, so I had that. Natural
1: skier. I just want to say that
2: <laughs> you're a natural. Skier? I'm a natural
1: skier. I, I was negative hoping... wow. You don't even need skis, correct? Almost. Like,
0: I'm, like, I <laughs> oh my am gosh. That good. That's wow.
2: When okay. I, get on them, I, do it. I wow. can't. You, I don't think I could do it anymore. My knees are like 80 years old. Um,
0: I want to call bullshit
1: so bad on you right now. I haven't gone skiing
2: since downhill down or yeah, cross country. Yeah, down,
0: you're yeah. telling me you like could I just. Did. Okay. Oh, we have limited. I went jobs. on like, okay. the yeah. bunny slope,
1: and within like a few hours, I was doing like the whole thing. Wow, you're so you're uh, uh, you're you're, okay. you're so gifted. Okay. That's very impressive. It's just nice. it's one thing I'm proud of. Yeah,
2: that's. <laughs> I wish I could say the same for snowboarding. That is the most. I'm not trying. Of I'm, I, I feel life.
0: like I will fall. So oh, yeah, that seems scared. like a disaster. We're yeah. just waiting to happen. No, I've walks. seen enough people roll down hills. Yeah. All right. Um,
2: mm-hmm. I'm sorry. um but yeah, so oh, so doing college, in- right? Yeah. So I uh, I end up going to uh, a, a women's college uh, in Massachusetts, and it felt like a city to me, uh, but it was not. It's a town. Which school? South Hadley. I went to Mount Holyoke College. Sure. It's a women's school.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. And Did we not just shouts a shout to, out our to our a
0: new. So, so brief. Time out to shout out our new associate producer Lola Garcia, who is a freshman at Mount Holyoke. Oh, word! Lola, welcome to the team. We're
1: very
2: excited to have
1: you. Getting a shout (laughs) out right off the day. You go.
0: All right, (laughs)
2: that's funny. Okay, so you were there. Um, so I was there, and I um I knew by my sophomore year that I wanted to do environmental studies as my major, Mm -hmm. um, because I had done trail construction the summer before, and I I just it was a really one of the few moments in my life that I would sort of define as spiritual. Mm. Just like living in the woods all summer. Um, And I... But I knew that I, wa- I wanted to do environmental studies because I wanted to understand why people went hungry without ever forgetting that the environment is important. Mm. And so most people, when they go and study that, you know, they 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 do like social work or they do, po- like you could do international relations or politics at my school. And I could have studied the, the answers to those questions, but it would have had nothing to do with the environment. And that just seemed wrong to right. me. And I was fortunate, by my senior year, I realized I actually wanted to study geography. Mm. Uh, and I realized that geography is not what is on the map or where is Kansas on the map, but why is Kansas yeah, that's where a, it is on the map, right? That's a right? cool-ass discipline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I was really interested in hunger. Um, and that— and and I, and under I understand it and and grew to understand it as a social construction. It hasn't always mm. existed, right? You've had hunger, but you've never had people die sti- like, yeah. dying of starvation, yeah. right? Uh, famine, um, and and I just think I just still to this day think that food and particularly land is at the heart of everything that we're yeah. fighting against. Um, it's ultimately about. Uh, you know, our, our, our relationship and, and you know, what Marx calls primitive accumulation. Wow, um, There
3: it is. Yes,
2: yeah. Which I was teaching my students this week. <laughs> um, yeah so maybe it's fresh on my mind so I I got a fellowship when I finished uh, through the Congressional Hunger Center and it was much more radical than they advertised I think in part because it's federally funded mm. and so they when I got there that was my experience like you know the first 10 days is orientation and I was there um, when you accept it you don't know where you're going and you don't know what work you're gonna do but only 20 people go and it's pretty it's a, it's a big honor to be accepted mm. and so when they offer it you take it mm. um, and And so I took it and I got the letter a couple weeks later saying, you're going to Chicago to work with Growing Power, their Mm. Chicago branch. And so that's – they do food, uh, urban Mm. agriculture here. And so I was like, Chicago? Damn. I was not thrilled. That's all I'll say. (laughs) I didn't know that there was a lake. I got here, and a week later, I was like, "Oh, the bulls!" But like, I didn't know what anything about what I was walking into. And you
0: were connected. Your entry point was through, like you mentioned, like the the building the trails back up, and like that, Mm -hmm. the the power, like, of being in those kinds of spaces to transform the way you thought about those things. Not necessarily like connecting the dots. In those other ways. So, so what year right. is this?
1: Like twenty.
2: Oh, uh, when did I go? Twenty ten. Yeah, the fall okay. twenty ten. I moved here in September, September fifth, okay. I think. Right. You just yeah, yeah. Years. So it's like been ten days or whatever, nine yeah. days, um, and. uh yeah, it, I was living, the, the the place hooked me up with an apartment and it was in Logan Square around the corner from the Milwaukee Blue Line stop. So that was my first apartment and I fell and I was dating someone who organized around Palestine. Mm-hmm. And I'm also in a program that the first 10 days are all about, oh, you thought you were here to learn about anti-hunger programs. You're just going to learn about racism. And, and mm-hmm. how you can't end hunger if you don't end racism. And I was like, fuck, I've been avoiding this conversation <laughs> yeah. for, at that mm-hmm. point, 21 years of my life. I really didn't want to think about structural anti-blackness it was too and this I inherited from my family it's like an I think an intentional part of how I was raised is like it's too overwhelming away, it's just it. too we're much go. don't like don't even let your mind go there because you'll you'll just cry like mm-hmm. all day um Hmm. So, uh, but I was forced to with this program, and I was forced to in a way that really matched how I learn, and, and it replicates, it, it informs how I try to organize, which was I was in a program with 19 other people from all different kinds of experiences, but most of which had, you know, dealt with poverty uh, directly and dealt with hunger directly, um, mostly people of color from all around the country, and we had a year together to learn and to unlearn, and it was a whole damn year, right? And I don't like to learn publicly. I actually don't like to admit I'm wrong. If I'm admitting I'm wrong, I was wrong a month ago, and I'm just now admitting <laughs> it. Uh And so I had that experience and then moving here and, like, working on a farm in Cabrini Green and seeing, like, all these – like, I remember this one moment where this black child was, like, running for his life. And I was like, oh, shit, what's like, – what's ch- or, oh, shoot, what's chasing him? No, and way. it was the police, right? Mm-hmm. And that, like – that happening and like asking another person uh, on the farm like oh what does that tattoo mean and it had this like really sad story and I was like damn like um and and but it reminded me of another story though and like starting to see the like things that I had seen or experienced or like had friends that had experienced but we blamed it on ourselves it was also happening here and like on a way bigger scale and I that's and that combined with the 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 intentional curriculum of the Hunger Fellowship combined with dating this person who's organizing around Palestine and forcing me to, or indirectly or, or kindly forcing me to get exposed <laughs> to, to organizing and, and you learning about this m- woman named Mariam Kaba who's talking about weird stuff like ab- abolishing the police, all of that, right? right, just sort of came together for me. And I, I would, nothing that I do is because I was like raised to think this way or like have always thought this way. It was people who were patient enough to Give me space to think there's, there's, and ask me questions. There's a
1: few things, and it's something I want to, like, get right into, because obviously hearing about that that boy really wanted me to think about the transformation that's come since that moment, right, and specifically around police abolition. But before we even get there, uh, I liked what you said about admitting it's difficult to admit that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Like even admitting that feels like a result of some type of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you say it might take a month. What was the last thing you had to, like, Oh, admit I was you were wrong.
3: whether, whether oh it's I mean, today
2: wrong. I yelled at a student and I shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> Did you
0: admit it? Yeah, okay.
2: and I, I gave her her point back. Um,
0: <laughs> so that's to that point.
2: Yeah, it matters to them. No big deal.
0: No, but that's a process, yeah. you know, really, mm-hmm. like, especially when when it's, you know, in the realm of ideas and, and that's the world you're living in. I mean, I, I think like grounding it in seeing what works and what doesn't work and seeing that the times where people refuse to learn from their mistakes, Mm -hmm. it never works. Like So as the transition around Freedom Square has happened, one of the comments that really stuck with me on the Facebook thing that went up, I don't know if you saw this. um, No. Someone posted. Anybody on Facebook? They've been been kind of observing from afar. They don't live in Chicago. They've been super involved with Occupy in New York, right? Mm -hmm. And they said that what they appreciated most was that what uh what was written and put out centered where we had come up short Mm -hmm. um and not in a way that was like we failed but in like an honest way and they said that you know one of the reasons why things you know one of the issues that caused harm there was that there wasn't space and there was like forceful uh erasure of the ways that people came up short. Mm-hmm. So it's like learning how
1: to do that personally, learning how to do that communally. Yeah, you have to, you have to, like as a person, or I mean, particularly if you're talking about changing things, yeah. if you're talking about things getting better, the only way things get better is you realize that everything can always be better, right? And that includes our actions. Things can always have higher impact. Uh, things always have a higher potential than like where we are in reality. It's kind of dialectics is kind of what I'm talking about. But like, we, fr- we frame it as like know? unlearning even, yeah. but yeah. I'm
0: curious, So you talk about unlearning or, you know, getting some of the context, you know, where you were able to put experiences that you'd had and brushed off or learned to brush off. I'm also curious because you come from a, you know, a different entry point than maybe some of the other organizers who you make things with now. um, Is there anything in particular you, basically you said, you know, rural white folks, poor white folks, and not that those things are the Mm -hmm. same, but you said that, you know, poor white folks. What impact do you think that understanding has had on the way that
1: you organize now? That is now so black.
3: Right, right yeah.
2: For
1: those who may not like...
3: Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, like, no right?
2: pages. Right.
1: Yeah, page you on some super black <laughs> shit. Yeah, you're just yeah. out to the <laughs>
2: um, So I think a couple of things. Um... I, so one of the things I always offer people that I organize with is like I can be the person that talks to white people because I know mm-hmm. that does make some people uncomfortable. So there's like a very specific <laughs> thing that I'm happy to do as a result of, of my upbringing. Um, but that I don't I can I'm not at the same time I think people translate that into like oh so you, you can like get us this money or mm. like go to I, I'm re, I'm not super comfortable around wealth I'd, I'm would mo- mm. more comfortable around poor white people than rich black people sometimes like yeah. uh, cause I, di- I didn't like I remember living with these white people in DC for a second and like there was this moment where I put like a tea pot on the stove or something where there's two apparently there's the ones you put on the stove and the ones you don't and I didn't know that um, you didn't and, know the,
0: yeah. the tea decorum yeah
2: like <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I did not know and I'll never forget that and like I remember in college like this black girl making fun of me for my coat and I'm like it's Burton like that's a fancy coat (laughs) but it wasn't North Face anyways Um, so like things like that Um, just anyways I'm getting off task Um, so uh, how do I but like
1: conflict right or like the problematic white person that's like taking up too much space in a circle somewhere
2: yeah I I think that I've learned a couple things so one is that like I don't in some ways I think it's easier for, I think that it's really hard for people to accept. And this is a space I'm thinking about a lot is just like how, what it means to be human Mm -hmm. um, and what, uh, and what it means to be free and how that is not the same as saying that everything is perfect or that that is not the same that you get to be pure. Um, There's
1: some utopia.
2: Yeah. Right. So like for me, it's, this is really weird, but like I, so I was vegetarian for like, more than 10 years and I was a vegan for a couple of years and this, a couple months ago I started eating chicken and my brother and I, like he's probably still mad at me, I'm sorry Jordan, got into a big fight about it. Call, um, call into
0: the show Jordan. We'll yeah, <laughs>
2: sorry. Oh, uh, but I, like, I, um, I did it for a couple reasons. One is because you can't live in Chicago for six years and never have Harold's. Two, I think that you have yeah. to, um, what does it mean fault. to just accept that like, we're, that to exist means to cause harm? Mm-hmm. Right. To be a human means you cause harm. To yeah. be free means you fail. Yeah. Right. Uh It means you cause harm. And uh and so I think that I'm able to hold all of the rage I have for white people and whiteness and still love them because I had to. Mm-hmm. Um And I think that I just like have a ha, it's like that there, there's a kind of just like tension that I'm maybe more used to or mm-hmm. something. And like I'm not as easily I'm not as so overwhelmingly disappointed by white people as I see some of my friends. Like I remember when we tried genocide happening, we went to the UN and they were so people were like, Oh, Geneva. And they were shocked at how racist things were. (laughs) And I was just like, yeah, this is, but it's coded. It's so coded. Uh, and I'm just used to, to like, I'm from Vermont, Bernie Sanders country. Like I am not Bernie Sanders lost and then bought a fancy mansion on the lake with all that money that he raised. Like, Mm -hmm. um, Fancy house, even for like Vermont rich people standards. And he's the Occupy guy, right? right? Like I am very, uh, I understand what white liberalism is. Like I grew up in it and I understand Mm. how dangerous it is. And I understand what it means to have white allies like and and how important that is. So I I think that's a part of it. Um, And so I do this work, right, for black liberation with a a very clear understanding of what that means Um, because i 've had to defend it to my mo- my white mother mm-hmm. right i 've had to explain it to her um, and i 've had to be able to to build a life that centers blackness so intensely. And um, defend that to people who right. feel left out. And that's, right? So it, I, I, that, that's hard. But and I've you can't dismiss
1: it. them yeah. as no, like, because of the people you yeah. love and who love yeah. you. And yeah. they're just most of America, right? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Like in general.
3: Like, yeah. Like, I, like thing, when mean, I
2: go home, go, like right. half of my family is gonna have on Fox News and they're gonna like Trump. Like that's mm. just, that's like that's I just am from that. That's that's that's
0: that's that. Um, so the work of loving in that is so pivotal. The like how do I still love and it not even just family, but like knowing folks who are not seeing what I'm seeing or or choosing not to understand the way I understand, and still yeah. making the choice to not dismiss them and to love them, not just because they can give you access to something, but because like we're trying
1: to model what does it mean to love the people around you,
0: you
3: right. know? Yeah. I,
1: yeah, for, so, unless you have some, you have some direct response. No. Or something you want to get out. So I, I do want to get into like the, you know, the political of how that centering of blackness has worked for you. I, I you know, it's interesting um, that when you were on last time, it was like two days after the Laquan McDonald mm-hmm. tape, which it was like such a pivotal moment, I think, for our city, specifically those organized, specifically black people. You ain't got to organize, like if you're black in Chicago, that kind of changed a lot, um, or if you're politically aware in Chicago. Um, and so since then, uh I, you know Asada's daughters has has grown so much and does um such magnificent work, and has kind of like expanded um kind of the purview of 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 where we were as a movement, like limited into more longstanding um, developmental and communal based work uh so before we get to like the good stuff. I, I kind of want... I, kn- I don't even personally, like, know the genesis mm-hmm. of how it got started. So, so, what is Asada's Daughters? Like, you could give us the elevator pitch okay. that you always have to do whenever somebody interviews you okay. uh, <laughs> for, the, for the layman. And then, and then like, I want to know, like, the real nitty-gritty. Mm-hmm. Like, I know the squad. So, like, right. who called who? Right. You know?
2: <laughs> I think it's... Rather than do that elevator pitch, I think it's actually easier to understand if I just tell you how it yeah. started. Okay. So, um, so, I was organizing in We Charge Genocide. Um, that was really, like, the f- how I... It was like my boot camp for organizing, um, and this is a moment where you know uh, BYP 100 has also been around for a minute and is leading these protests that just make you feel more alive, right? And like closer to something, and maybe that's freedom. I don't know, but they're, they're, and they're they're demanding black space, and I and I and you could feel that it, that was significant, even though I maybe didn't understand why, and I I I couldn't like talk my way around. Why that was hard and why it mattered. Um, I saw it happening. I saw what it and I knew what it felt like and how important it was on a visceral level. Um, and I was also aware that um, of this number twelve, right? <laughs> and you know, ethos friend of y'all's. Right, uh, yeah. I don't. Uh, so, Ergo alum. The show. yeah, yeah. There we go. So week he, three. Yeah, like he has that one poem. Um, I was born in a dungeon, locked in a cave. Our uh, Born to be angry, chocolate rage. And it's, a, it's, it's, um, he, he, I saw it on Prison Culture after um, Damo had been murdered. And he talks then about how they start coming after you when you're 12. And through We Charge Genocide, I had met these students from the school I now work at who are 12. And there, you know, there'd be all these protests and whatnot. And I, there was one of them. This young person who's now in Let Us Breathe, Uh, Caleb, who would tweet at me. And when I was live tweeting from things, being like, I want to go, is it safe? I want to go, my mom won't let me. And I was just like, what does it mean for the people who are the age of the thing that were out here? Protesting, right? Targets and starts going after. What does it mean that they don't feel like they can come to our expression of resistance, mm-hmm. right? And that just bothered me. And so, um, I it, 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 what you really have to know to understand Asada's daughters is actually Someone's a protest that happened. Shout out Caleb. Yeah, shout out we to Caleb. Have Caleb
1: on the show.
0: Look at that All that's right. how we book that's folks. that's how it happens <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what we really no. need to know
2: yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. um remind him to ask questions uh so uh oh, with man. um caleb right he so so I end up reaching out to his school um because of um, a couple of us had started organizing an, abo- an, int- an explicitly abolitionist protest, and that evolved into a march that went from their school mm-hmm. along a, a, a literal or not a literal, like a physical representation of the school to prison pipeline from their school to JtDC, mm. and
1: the largest juvenile yeah, mm-hmm, uh, right? detention center in the country.
2: And it was beautifully intergenerational, and it was it was so, and it was youth centered in a way that. Wasn't sustainable, and that there wasn't an org mm-hmm. for that. Anything that happened after that, right? Working with young people is important, um, but it's specific, right? Just like any po- any any community, I'm any sorry. population.
0: So I said, I idea We have to stop here. There's like a, still a bajillion things I really want to talk about with you. We can keep recording. At my, do you have time? Do you have to be somewhere? Uh, I got. It. It's six forty-five. I got to. Do like you need eight. to be somewhere? It's fine if you do.
2: irreversible 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 what
0: happened i didn't press record a second time <laughs> all right folks let's try this we're uh this might sound a little different basically we were talking at the post Loudness studio and uh, we ran out of time there um but we hadn't quite covered everything we wanted to so we went back to ergo studio b we tried to record a couple of times. I kept messing it up, but now we're up and running <laughs> and uh yeah, where we were where we left off before the cliffhanger was Paige you were talking about the mm-hmm. the evolution of Asada's daughters yes. and young folks not necessarily having a way to engage with movement spaces that were fighting for them mm-hmm. um so at that point, how did y'all build what you've built
2: right um, so it came from from a couple things, one is like. It's not that we think, I think it's an unfair pressure that's being put on, on young folk right now that says like young people will free us. Like Mm. it's that we need everybody. Right. Um, and that organizing a 12 year old just has to look different than organizing an 80 year old. Like it just requires a different kind of, of curriculum and program, um, you know, like they need help with transportation in ways that maybe other folks don't, things like that. Um, and then at the same time, it, it we, it's a recognition of the re, it's reality that we we are trying to rebuild things that the system that we fight against has tried to to Damage to the point of not being able to put back together again, mm. right? To take the social networks that we have, the organizations that black folk have built in the, in the spirit of, of, of trying to get free, um, have been the target of, of co-optation, of repression, right? Of dismantlement by the state. Uh, and so this is hard work, building up the organ, literal organization that's needed to, to, to do this, to build movements. Um, and so you, you ha- there's a lot of gaps. And one of them was that there, that, was that there wasn't a radical space for, for black children to be thinking through these hard questions. What is freedom? What is liberation? What? Is, how do, and, and, and not just the, the you know, like what and the when and the why of our history and all that, but also the how, how do you yeah. do a march? Um And how, do, uh, and so that the goal it being that, you know, it took me a long time to learn these things. I didn't know who Asada was until I was like 22, 23. What if I had known who she was when I was five? How mm-hmm. different would my organizing now be? And it's those kinds of questions not necessarily even answers that I think really shook a lot of other black women that I was meeting at the time and when I mentioned it to them again it wasn't necessarily it, it's evolved and grown and changed into something much more powerful and beautiful than I think any of us had initially imagined but it, it sort of had a resonance to it mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I think we really we, we do this we build Asada's Daughters to be strategic and i think a lot of us have our moments of of being like what would i have wanted when i was 5 yeah. right and that that shapes what it is um is what we didn't have
0: it's such a it's such an artistic way of thinking about it too cuz i think like with some of the most urgent or, mo- or moving or meaningful art it's that same question of like what is the thing that i want to see in the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't exist, then I guess I have to be the one who right. works to make it.
1: Right. I, I want to go to like a really specific moment. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a little like off the path there. So I think about like music all the time. And I like I, I want to imagine the moment where the magic is created. Right. Okay. So like like what was it like when Belle Biv DeVoe was like in the studio creating po- like Poison. Right. Like right. what did they know? Like, oh, shit, this is a hit. And we're going to be perform this song for the next 25 mm-hmm. years. Right. I think Asada's Daughters is just such a beautiful name. I would love to know like the magic of when that poetic moment come from, did it borrow from, from some work somewhere? Did it just like, y'all just talking like, how did y'all come up with that name and that idea? Cause I think that carries so much weight, mm-hmm. even just having that as your like banner carries so much weight outside of any programming.
2: Yeah. So that the name I already had and that was how I hooked people was I was like <laughs> I have this idea it's called Asada's Daughters. Sold, I'm in, mm-hmm. what, you know. And and I think it it and and I the moment I had the name I was like this has to exist, right? It's and I think that's that's again you're speaking to this kind of there there is a a poetics to the work, mm-hmm. a, a kind of you have to Imagine it To create it And I think that Poetry And all of it And all of the spaces In between Ideas and words Have a lot of of Radical potential For imagination mm. And so Yeah the name The name right So there are several things One you have Asada taught me Is everywhere um, One is Asada is very important To my own personal story And so I, I would just Think about her a lot And her name would Ring in my mind a lot There are also Barbara Ransby Started a a, a group uh, um, I'm not I don't even know What the right language Would be around it Um um, like a collective called Ella's Daughters, and I just always loved that name. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't remember the exact thing, the exact literal minute, but I remember the day, right? And I just started writing down ideas, and I, you know, I, I was reading the Radical Monarchs and what they were doing, and I was like, I want to do something like this for Blacks, but, but there, are any anyone can join. That's um, uh, in the area, which tends to be all black and brown girls, um, and I knew I wanted it to be black only, and I knew Asada was important, and it, I don't know, it just There's fell, and then I was like, all right, well, and I texted of someone, and they were like, yo, that name, yeah, you got to do it.
0: That was like the VH1 Behind the Music. Yeah, of Assata, that's awesome. Is there a you mentioned the Radical Monarchs a couple times? Is there a particular text? because we have an ergo reading list and I want to mm. add, is there a book? We can, we can do that it in needs post. To be. We're, um, so it, you know, you, y'all have done so many things in the last, you know, months yeah. and year that, that you've been building a, a new way of imagining what an organization does and a community does. Um, one of the things that I've just seen pictures of and, and heard, you know, through social media is, you know, going camping and stuff like that, which (laughs) tying that into some of what you were talking about earlier about an entry point into this being a connection to the, like, the physical space that we're in and that the world is. Um, How did that become organizationally a priority? And were there any, like, great camping stories?
2: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, So there there was a lot. Um, I think a lot of us... Um, most folks in Asada's Daughters, um, I think of the adults, a lot of us had been camping. Mm -hmm. Now, actually, I don't even know if I should say most, but, but, um, I don't know. There's, there's like 17 adults in it. And of those, maybe like seven have been camping a significant amount of times. Um, and I think that a lot of us are really inspired by maroons, Mm -hmm. um, and by maroonage as a as a strategy or, a t- or a t- I don't even know if you'd call it a strategy or a tactic, to be honest. I think it's, it's just sort of a, f- a vision of what freedom means. Um, but anyways, uh, so th- there, there's an important, there is something important I think for black people trying to get free to, to go into places that are considered more wild. I think that, that again, because of, of the importance of poetics, um, especially if it makes you uncomfortable, mm. um, and yeah, so that that was part of it. Uh, I also think it. I don't know. I, there's there's like cheesy things that I don't get asked a lot to talk through my. Environmental and animal politics, and how they they have a tremendous impact on, on what I understand about the world and and what I'm fighting for. Um, like if you ask me about my pet politics, I have two cats. Like I can talk for an hour about that, but I won't. Um, and so I don't. I'm not don't very have, like, good a, at it. Were
1: you having like a problem like having too many cats at a time? I did you like find keep, cats did you and keep them for a
2: while? I I yes. I I <laughs> I, I I have them in my house until um, they either want to leave or they, I find a home that wants to have them. Yes cats i love them we're
0: gonna have your cats on the show next okay week, guys, all right so.
2: charlie will talk uh, <laughs> that will hit you. But, um so <laughs> that's funny that i'm talking about my cats um yeah i'm a total cat lady but uh so i mean my environment's it came out of first we had a garden we knew that we wanted to an earth unit and i think that, that there's th- okay i guess the, the th- uh, challenge that i'm facing with answering this pretty straightforward mm-hmm. question is that there is a kind of environmental politic within black resistance that I see a lot and I'm not saying it's wrong but it's not mine mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I have I have a I come at it in a different way um, and and I think that what we were trying to do in going camping like it wasn't like a oh um I don't think we mentioned the word organic, right? Once, right. you know, I don't. Uh, it, it, that's not why we're doing it. Um, we talked about Queen Nanny and how she could supposedly catch bullets with her fingers, and how um, the legend had it that she boiled a bunch of white plantation owners that tried to come and raid their um, their community. And really, it was probably just this like waterfall that fell into a. Weird cauldron like shape of rocks, but anyways, um, so, uh, so I I think that um, there there are a couple of things I, I can speak for myself, right? I think it's very important that Black people think about their relationship to humanity and what mm. it means to be a human with a capital H, and what it means to be. I understand anti-blackness is precedes white supremacy. It is born at the same time that human with a capital H is being developed as a, as an idea, as a, as an understanding of being. Um, and thus black has never been included inside the box that we give a capital H human to, Um, what does that mean? Right? What does it then mean to connect with the quote unquote wild, um, (laughs) what is, what is wildness what, oh, right. you know like right wild hundreds there's, there's, I, just, I just think it's interesting um to think about our relationship to to the wild um using air quotes um and i think it's important, i think in order to understand its construction um and how what it means to have an environmental politic in Doing work in a city, right. um, in order to do that well, you have to go outside of it, right, to get that mm. perspective. And so that's a part of why I believe in it. Um, but I think we all, again, like all of us have a different relationship with Asada. All of us have a different relationship with the environment and Asada's daughters. And all of us have different priorities and goals for doing that. And some of it has to do with we want folks to have fresh air. We want folks to see the stars. We want folks to know what it's like yeah. to eat s'mores around a campfire, we want that, that memory. It's just that memory alone right. is really powerful. And I think there's also something that maybe is slower and maybe harder to name, but I think there is a, a very important thing about black people going into tree, like being in the trees. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a very important thing for all black girls to be out there, but making their own fire. Right. Like, I would love for us to get to the point where we're like we're chopping our own wood, right? Yeah, like, all that's yeah. I I think that's that, that self determination um, is is important for our ideas. But then at the end of the day, right? Climate change is real, and so there's right. this the practical side of me just says we have to get better at this because we have to right and black people have always risen to the occasion um but we're about training up our young folks so they have to know how to pitch a tent they have to know how to light a fire because the world is going to demand that of them within their lifetime right i think
0: probably yeah no i agree it's like i think i battle between whether i think it's like me being anxious or but i'm pretty sure it's true like things are going to get really rough in that regard and uh yeah folks got i like every month when i'm if i go shopping i always toy with like i might just get one extra canned good (laughs) and i'm just gonna start a pile somewhere Uh, but there's also like i can imagine there's a reclamation maybe to some degree of those spaces so i this is my personal anecdote that i mentioned Mm -hmm. i uh so i spent the weekend up on the upper peninsula i'd never been up there um But I just needed to be outside of the city. And on the northern edge of it, there are these beautiful cliffs and pictured rocks, National Park, right along Lake Superior. It's really beautiful. And I hadn't really been in the woods in a long time. Um, So one, I think, just in thinking about being human, that's a good experience for everybody to have, not to diminish what you say in any way. There's a lot of pieces that don't, but it just, it helped in that regard. And then coming back to the city, I was able to see things that I had closed myself off to. Um, But then also like almost what we are talking about before with like understanding rural white folks or poor white folks, not that those are always synonymous. Uh, So I kept having this thought for the first couple of days of like being up here helps me remember how why it's tricky for so many white folks to understand and to grasp like a lot of what we're like basically if you live in the city, you're choosing to ignore certain things. If you live far away, it's much less of a choice. Like it's an easier choice to ignore those things because they're not as in your face. Um, So like a cop actually does in some small towns, what a cop says it does. Uh, And then I'm driving around and I'm listening to the radio and there's a whole like public service announcement about like basically what the premise was. It said, so you, someone broke into your house you used your gun to defend your family as anyone would. So it's was like vehemently pro guns. Uh, now the cops are coming. Order this book so that you know what to do when the cops come because you don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. So I was like, okay, so even completely in that context, so seemingly separate uh, and seemingly, like on the other side of some of these, you know, binary politics, like that threat, uh, is still what folks have to contend with every day. And so for me, it was just like this nuts, like I'm in the woods. This like connecting moment of like, oh no, you actually, no matter how how many walls you build ideologically or physically, like you can't distance yourself from
1: the way this stuff works. Mm-hmm. That's wild as shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you give me great glimpses into like. I thought I knew a lot about white people too, Paige, but like, <laughs> you like, like I never would have heard, like, that's wild. Like, I don't even wanna, that's like too deep, you know? Like, no, was- like they're preparing to kill people and like, there's a book or like, what happens when you kill somebody in your house? Uh, which <laughs> well, is that's like, right, cause like that whole, mm-hmm. I mean, not to get to, too deep, but that whole like narrative of guns and protection of household and they're coming is like very like post Obama, like, we're gonna protect ourselves against all these blacks and Mexicans yeah. in, in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's very like, that, I mean, that's I understand. Um, part I, I don't like. My grandfather was like that long before Obama, right? Like it's just this. Like, <laughs> yeah. there, there's always that. That to me is like. So I understand. Uh, the, the, the part of how our world functions and maintains itself is through this myth of the the other that's coming, right? They're gonna attack. They're gonna, and that that is like why we have militarism, um, why we allow, why we have a. a, a country built on war in the same way that it's built on genocide in the same way that it's built on slavery but they're separate and they're distinct and i think libertarian i grew up around libertarians mm. right i'm not from bernie sanders part of my- i'm from the libertarian part and it's very like it was helpful to a point uh, up to a point for me because it, it, it does kind of like lead easily into like you you, the, you have an appreciation or a, a sympathy towards injustice when it's that obvious it's vermonters are just sort of like well that's fucked up like right. that's not right um but there it's limited for sure you know and i think and there is a kind of like no you should be able to defend yourself and like there there's just a kind of that's just the fact of things right. people can respect it's the desire line, right? for self-determination absolutely but it's hard when they don't there's not an an analysis behind why things are the way they are and like why some people don't have access to self-determination and at right. the end of the day when push comes to shove like the moment that that self determination is an actual threat, you know they do what they do. Right. Um, and you're seeing, you know, in Vermont, um, you have an increase. So Vermont's very different than when I was there because you have a lot of folks moving up from Philly and New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was in high school, I remember hearing. I have a couple of family members that are cops, and and the they're, them talking about how you have all these gangs now in Vermont, and and there you start <laughs> to see the seeds of. Um, what is now according to the this dea agent that i spent the fourth of july with like three years ago which was random um he, that there's or a dea judge or something but he said that you know oh, so in funny. vermont it's we code switch by calling you out of staters there's right. out of towners and there's vermonters um and flatlanders and yeah um but then so they say if you are in, if you're a Vermonter, they they avoid jail time for you, right? Especially mm-hmm. for drugs. But out of staters, they go as hard as they can, and that's code for black people. Right. Um, and so that's what's happening now. You see, there's a, there's a in, you know now I go to through Burlington. I that last time I was in Burlington, someone gave me the a black man gave me a Black Power fist. Child page like died a little, like exploded, <laughs> like doesn't exist anymore. It, it doesn't make sense. Um, so there, it's it's very different now. Uh, but I, I guess all this is to say, like yeah, I, I, like. I, 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 libertarianism like helped me just be like fuck this this right. isn't right right this just isn't right um and i think that's only maybe maybe that's only possible in all white spaces though right, right? i think because that it
0: assumes make, everyone's yeah, walking with the exactly. same judgments and the yeah. same options and the same right it's yeah. the same thing of like you know we're all coming at you know we all have the it's the it's the same rhetoric as like we all have the same opportunity yeah it's like we also all have the same like opportunity to protect ourselves yeah. and have all those things.
2: It's why we're allowed to have guns, right? To bear arms is assuming that there's right. a need to defend your right. family and your right. home, right? Like from the state.
1: Yeah, we're getting to some like very like essentialist. <laughs> yeah. No, I am I'm ro- I rock with it. nah. No, because like you're like yeah, the, so g- the best. So, But the, what I kind of heard like to take a step back from that point is that like part of the intention behind the camping trip with, with mm-hmm. the girls of Asada's Daughters um, is around this idea that, like, survival and survival with our environment, right, is, like, going to be a necessary part of the future. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the word kind of has, like, this dual meaning. There's, like, the survivalist that, like, often privilege white people whose, like, comfort is, is guaranteed on a day-to-day basis, like, go get thrills of, like, mm-hmm. having to deal with survival. Mm-hmm. And then... I think there are masses of black people and other people as well who like day-to-day survival is like a physical, tangible thing, whether it's gun violence, whether it's hunger, whether it's healthcare, right? Um, and so sometimes when I imagine like, like how are we going to get free? How are we going to win? It's probably like the dollar is going to collapse or climate change is going to make things so terrible that the, only the people who are have had a legacy or a tradition of survival will then have more power, right? Yeah, but they won't have any resources, right? Because people well, will consolidate resources... Yeah, but th- I mean, if th- if things burn enough, you know. I love but, but 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 I- I'm saying all this to say, like, I kind of thought of that as hearing you talk about survival and coming from some of my recent experiences. But what is then your vision of like liberation, right? Because we talk about this all the time as like this abstract idea. And I think the people who are like working actively towards it, we don't do enough time like defining that in any concrete, any type of tangible, any type of time or place based vision. So you are doing this work. Um, you teach, um, you have a son his daughters, and then you're just Paige May, right? Um, and, you know, I view you as someone who's dedicating their lifetime to this work? What is what is some of that? Maybe, or maybe you know, you might start writing some <laughs> books or something. You know, hey. <laughs>
0: you've dedicated a hell of a lot more time than a lot of people right. do, even if you never did. Yeah,
1: even already. So so what, what is some vision? Uh whether it's in any of those lenses, or whether it's just like from the books you've read and from your imagination, mm-hmm. uh, like looking forward, whether mm-hmm. it could be on any time frame, okay. right? But like what is what is liberation starting to look like for you as you mean
2: liberation meaning how that the, the final push of break the moment of breaking the chains or Whoa. liberation meaning when like freedom like what is freedom versus what does it mean to break chains because
1: i think to, they're different. In, in, well then interpret as you may as, <laughs> as you page
2: <laughs> oh. oh my goodness
0: i'm real i'm really glad we came right. to record the second piece just so i can get that <laughs> just, one in there
2: oh my name yeah okay <laughs> um yes oh what do i think well, of both of your names
1: are words hmm?
0: what's mine oh page is
1: a word
2: Oh yeah. both,
0: yeah.
2: Oh, both of my names. I thought you meant both my names. I was Daniels. like, I yeah, was yeah.
0: like- <laughs> no. though you're this yeah. I want to come back to your question because it's a super important question. My dad <laughs> has a list in his office of names that are full sentences, and mm-hmm. yours is
3: one. Paige May. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I used to get a kick out of Paige May, Paige, like because mm-hmm. there was a boy in my class named Aaron Page, and everyone said we should get married, so my name would be Paige Page. And I was like, Page May, Page. And Page is like a position you can anyways. I like it. You can have the as in in the government. Yeah. Um yeah, uh, so, yes, my name. Um, also, I like to think that it helps them not be able to surveil me as well, because when you Google it, even if you put air quotes, it's paid, this page may expire on. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, thank you, Mom and Dad. Um, So, probably shouldn't have said yeah, that.
1: Forcing for, for the internet and, and Google. Good job.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think so that they fun. have deeper things, but I still like to think it helps. Oh,
1: that's so funny.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, little little things that give you comfort. Um, no, but what's freedom? What, yeah, so anyways, that's <laughs> <laughs> um I will answer. I well I don't know, right, So I have no idea. Right. Uh and I I think it's important for me to name, and I try to do this as ho- with as much hope as I can muster in any given moment, that I stopped a long time ago thinking that I would get to live free. Mm. I stopped thinking a long time ago that I would come anywhere close to that moment of the chains breaking, if you want to call it liberation, freedom, whatever. Uh, and that's not why I do what I do. And I don't do this work thinking mm. that I get to see that or thinking that I even come close to imagining what that will look like. That's not. And that's okay. Okay. Um and I think that's hard. I I say that as someone that that that, that was painful to get to that point because you you don't want to yeah like I am in this for as long as I live and um and I every day you know push myself to to do better and to and and I'm very self-critical, right? As as I think I have to be. Um and so um yeah, so that sucks, uh, <laughs> and it's hard to like motivate people to join when I'm basically telling you like just do it because it will matter, right? And do it because it does matter. Um, and I and I think that right part of what it means to be free, um, to some extent, has something to do with what you understand. Again, it, 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 nature matters a great deal, and this idea of what is natural, mm-hmm. I think, is 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 more core than maybe we give credit, credit mm-hmm. to. Um, I, I see, you know, when it comes to abolition of prisons and police, if you are willing to have that back and forth conversation that meets people where they're at and then pushes them, you will inevitably come to that moment of them saying, but some people are just born bad. People are just bad. And that screams this right. idea of what is nature, right? And, right? and I don't think that there is any, there is not there's no such thing as natural, right? There, there's only contradiction. There's only change, right? Um, maybe that's the closest I can come to saying, yeah. talking about God. You know, cha- God has changed, Octavia right. Butler. Um, so wow. I-,
3: I Huh? wow wow
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out to um so, so i think that so i get all, all this is to say that i think freedom has something to do with that with the appreciation and um and, and awareness of of the of uh, a dismantling of like the natural right and thus the the divide between human and land human and nature and thus human and blackness right mm. um human and animal uh um, and and with that comes a kind of like scary responsibility because it means that you know you, what you do does matter and, and and how you treat other people and what you instill in them the values you do. and so I don't I, it matters and that doesn't mean that you there shouldn't be consequences. It doesn't mean that there aren't bad people who or that that, 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 that there aren't I mean there are there are people like I really, really hate Dante Servan, right mm-hmm. I really, really hate Jason van Dyke um I it's not to say that every that I, I don't know if every. No, I'm not even gonna say that on this thing, but um, <laughs> no. But yeah. this
0: this is like some old ass questions that are no one is ever gonna have an answer for, right? It's like, who? What do we all bring to the table? Are we like, yeah? What's natural is that question, and so you have to figure out how to live, uh, in a way that challenges those assumptions of what is like objectively the way we all are. So we don't get mm-hmm. to the point where people just go as we talked about before. Well, that's just how it's always right. been. That's the danger right. of it, right?
2: And and you see that it manifests itself in a lot of ways with like people do this work because they want to do something important because um, they feel like... They, because they feel like their corporate job or everything that they've done, um, you hear things like, uh, it ate away at my soul mm-hmm. or things like that, right? Um, and, I, and I think when people... I hear a lot of articulations of freedom that sound, and this, this is maybe an extreme, but just like that everything's good, right? Everyone's nice to each other. We all get along. Right. Um, that, that you have everything. like that, that there, there's, it, it feels honestly very white supremacist to me, this idea mm. that you can be pure.
3: Right.
2: And I, I don't think that's true. I think that when I hit the table, that's I just nice. killed a lot of living things. Mm. There were bugs, things that I can't even name that just died mm. for a point right yeah. I think that <laughs> I exist, my existence is dependent on death in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and, and I think that that it, that there's a cruelness, there's a grossness, there's a horror there's a, there's a, uh, a grime to being alive.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I think that freedom has something to do with how we relate to that and it's not about dismissing it it's not about covering it up it's not about flushing it down the toilet or washing your hands clean of it
0: or or saying everyone or everything is the same
2: or yeah yeah so there's a lot about difference right so what you know there's lines like um you know, freedom, it, it, there's a famous quote that I don't remember about how, like, I'm trying to build a world big enough to hold many worlds. Like, mm. there's all, right, so it's, it's not about all being the same. Right. Um, But it's also not about being perfect. It's not mm. about being good to me. Yeah, I'm not try, trying, trying, I, I, this isn't, like, a full thought. I just, no. I, again, I talked about eating chicken, but it has something to do with me trying to get close to, like, doing things that I think are wrong on some level.
1: Uh, I, yeah, and I, I think definitely. what we're hearing is, like, and, and like everything you're saying is just strict, striking such a like core for me right now where I am. Mm-hmm. It you know. One of the things is like all of the isms are basically creating a normal, a false normal through violence, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And also like the whole idea of prison, I think what you kind of said is like this idea that we need to either create this false notion of safety to stop harm from happening. Or we need to respond very viciously to harm because it's something that is not supposed to happen or on the scale of good and bad is bad. And until we kind of shed that idea that we will not be harmful and figure out new ways to account for it or prevent it. Right. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I think a lot, and that's not to say that we should all go. Like, I'm not the purge. Right, right, like, right. That's right, not nah. my life goal. But it's. I just think it, ultimately it will be harmful if we keep thinking that like you never. Hurt each other. That to be an organizer somehow makes you like better than right. some. Like that's not. Or that freedom all. looks
1: like a time with no pain.
0: Right at or, all. Or at no all. It's
2: not. That's pain is a part of living.
0: It's also a really boring life if with no pain. Like as much mm-hmm. as that sucks. To, Actually, it might be cracking. <laughs> I,
2: I would like enjoy.
1: I would okay, enjoy so, six so, of no
0: <laughs> right. So that's a vacation. <laughs> but then it's also like again we're getting to the big questions of like what. What gives? The, like, what the hell are we doing here? What gives this meaning?
1: Right. What and, is life? Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> for that, sure. That,
3: but but yeah. but
0: an an answer that is everything is like smoothed out and everyone's happy all the time. That's not. If life is a game, that's a really boring game. Right. That's not a game, and okay, that's a just, g- and also I want and a someone game. Someone sitting
2: ends. in a cage somewhere. Isn't that a famous right. short story? It's like a perfect utopian town. Right. But part of the town is that there's always one person who's like hidden in a cage. Oh, like right.
1: In a closet or something. So,
2: yeah. That's like. And I think that's that's why we have prisons. Is to like mm. whiteness loves it's, this idea, but it's dependent on this kind of like horribly violent thing. Yeah. And I, I think that there that that that's. Maybe I I don't know. It's not about compromise, but like there's got to be something. We just have to be comfortable with like the muck of being right. alive,
0: right? On like the personal, on the communal, right. On the global, yeah. In the woods, in the exactly. city. So before we get out of here, because I want to respect everybody's time, and this is like a beautiful thing that I'm really happy about. So I'll I'll wait to pat my back until we stop recording. <laughs> but uh, I want to go back one time to that moment the uh, two days after the Laquan video, when you guys sat up in that radio, when the two of y'all sat in that radio station, um, because in learn I, I just, I feel like in figuring out how to live with the, the muck, some of that has to do with how do you create spaces to heal? Uh, and, you know, I was a thousand miles away and it happened to just work out so beautifully that y'all could kind of use that space, at least as a listener uh, to do that. But, before we get out of here, could you always talk a little bit about, like, what that moment felt like and, and talking about that into microphones or just having that time to talk for an hour in that moment uh, and, like, what lessons we can learn about how we heal from that?
1: Yeah. Um, man, like, I, I I think we all were obviously aware of that this moment was really big. Um, but, you know, coming close to a year now since it's been um it it was just it's just like it's almost like the bcad kind (laughs) of no pun intended um like mark of like kind of where the city is right now where a lot of people's personal lives are um and so you know that was the moment where like our friend malcolm's space in the world was transitioning and we were privately processing that before there was any like real public commute conversations around that um in the car um and then just being able to to talk because we, you know, it was like two or three days of like, of like, it was like a war zone. Um, And so being able to like breathe um, and really like get into like the philosophy and the politics and the human aspect of what was happening in those moments. Um, I think, I I mean, I don't know, like, if I even remember what we said, so I don't know if there's like any real like tangible impact, but I just know one, Mm -hmm. just like, I felt closer to Paige, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that moment was overall, the, the you know, the Max Boykins of the world that, like, freed me from, like, being, you know, detained. like, the fact that she got arrested trying to help me and then we got to sit together two days later mm-hmm. and, like, talking. It was, like, Thanksgiving, too, so we were, like, able to, like, and there's a genocide being celebrated today, right? Mm-hmm. so it, it was just, like, um, probably a rare moment to be able to process um, because I've learned that there is not a lot of time to process, right? Like we didn't, there was no moment like that post the CTU rally, right? Where mm-hmm. like things changed. I know for you, your position in the world changed. So just like to kind of contrast one big moment to another kind of big moment. Yeah. Um. It was just really a privilege to to have that space and to know each other mm-hmm. and to have already had a relationship working. Um. And since then, like being able to like share more spaces mm-hmm. as survivors of that, like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's been really dope. How about, you, how about for you, pitch
2: Mm. um this year has yeah this has been a lot of things this past year um (laughs) it I think it really hits me how you how you say right that feeling of closeness like that that really strikes me and it, it there was like there's been a few moments in my life where either you were there or you weren't. And so that's, you either get it or you don't. And that's one of them. Another one Mm -hmm. is like Cleveland with the the de-arrest. Right. Um, And so I, it was one of those moments where I just knew everything is changing. Like, and, and it was almost sad. It almost, I remember feeling, thinking about like, Originally I was supposed to be like going on a road trip to New Orleans for Thanksgiving, right? Like and and that, that it would just it, it was like a scene in a movie. Like the everything that had happened the week before cuz was like you was like um that scene when everyone's happy but you as the audience know shit's about to hit the fan. <laughs> it's around the corner and I'm like, "Damn, how did I not see this?" Like everything just seems so good and mm. and it it just felt it just was hard to imagine feeling like you could like trust the world again in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, I just, yeah, and or ever feel safe. And so to be in that studio with someone who like got it, and to, especially the car ride, right? And and there is, to me, there is a big gap. Like I, I try to be upfront. Like I, I know I'm actually very introverted. I'm very uncomfortable with how much people think they know about me um and how much is out there about me. And, and I have said a lot of things into microphones that I don't know how much. I, I try to think out loud. I, I do, even though I mess up and I'm learning in public, which makes me very uncomfortable. Um, and so there is... It is hard to talk and process publicly about these things, and I, I stand by that that space though. And I think it has to do with the fact that we were both in it. It wasn't like a typical interview. Yeah. Um, but it also feels like, damn, that was like eight crises ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, or, perspective is interesting. Hmm.
0: So thank you for doing thank this. You. I just I, that kind of willingness to think out loud and to act out loud is like a kind of like yeah it's just a kind of like I don't know if it's fearlessness but like courage that I don't know I, I think it's part of why I'm really glad we got a chance to talk here and so I appreciate that about you um yeah
2: thank you for thank being you. here and i love people who ask good questions so thank you both thank
1: you so much so much love i mean i think i always privately and publicly say how much i admire appreciate you so just happy to have more of your time. Where, do you, do you like, care about, like, social media? Like, where do people find... Oh, where do people find Asada's Daughters stuff? Oh, but you yourself, oh yeah, too. yeah, Asada's Daughters... Let's do all the plugs.
2: We're updating our website right now, but our, we have Facebook um, so you can get a sense of what we do. Uh, we do tweet out occasionally what we're doing, although we're, we don't present a lot of our young people. Like, we don't, like, photograph them a lot and, mm. like, put that on social media. Um... So yeah, Sada Stars, uh, check our website in like three weeks to get a really, really incredible write-up. And then for me personally, um, I do not respond to Facebook messages, so please do not do that. I apologize (laughs) for the 500 people that I never responded to. Uh, But you can hit me up on Twitter or just ask someone else. They probably know. And if you have a
0: question, just listen to this whole thing because you probably answered it at some point. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. Uh, Maybe from one studio, maybe from three. Who knows? Right. With another uh, strong invoice from. Chicago or and beyond.
1: Peace. Much love to the people.